Welcome to the Change Management Reviews Podcast, where we bring the best of change management to you. On this episode, we welcome Daryl Connor, founder and chairman of Connor Partners and founder of Connor Academy. You don't want to miss what he has to share from his 40 years of experience during this interview with Change Management Reviews, Teresa Moulton. Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast. This afternoon we have Daryl Connor joining us today to talk about his perspectives on the profession, where change management uh, practitioners are evolving to in their role, and also to share his vision of um, some of the concepts we would like to be aware of in the future. For those of you who have met Daryl or haven't met Daryl, he is the founder and chairman of Connor Partners, a consulting firm specializing in strategy execution. He is also the founder of Connor Academy, a professional development firm supporting leaders and change practitioners who are exploring character and presence as a means for advancing their capabilities, and Connor Advisory, a consulting firm dedicated to serving leaders who are pursuing changes that matter. During his 40-plus years of practice, Daryl has educated and advised strategic leaders and seasoned change practitioners in many of the world's most successful organizations. His focus has always been on helping his clients both understand and address the challenges and opportunities they face during transformational change. Working with thousands of professionals all over the globe has helped to shape Daryl's belief that what really differentiates the most effective leaders and change practitioners is not merely their technical expertise or what they do, but who they are, how their character and presence are brought forward and the impact it has on others. Daryl's work is built on a strong foundation of research, extensive consulting experience, and a master's degree in psychology. He has authored two books, Managing at the Speed of Change and Leading at the Edge of Chaos and more than 250 publications, including journal and magazine articles, monographs, book chapters, and videos. You can read Daryl's blogs on character and presence at conneracademy.com slash blog and changethinking.net. So with that introduction, I am very honored and pleased to welcome Daryl Connor to the show. Welcome, Daryl. Hi, Carrie. I've really been looking forward to us having some time together. Yes, I um, I have been looking forward to this as well. And one of the things that I know uh, a lot of our listeners have been curious about is getting your perspective on how the change management profession has evolved over the past 30 or 40 years. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, well, um, you know, let's start with the fact that it, it – in, in the early 70s, when, when I began working this area, there, there was no profession. There, there were no tools or methodologies or anything. So, so early on, uh, it was really about trying to first, those of us, you know, hacking our way through the jungle, we were trying to figure out, was there even a something that behavioral science had to offer change within organizations. It was still a little speculative at that point. Um, and then once that became clear, at least for some of us, that, that there, there, there was some value there, then, then for many years it was trying to explain how, how what had become known as change management, how that provided value to, to business leaders. 
So early on, it was really trying to make the case for um, for being attentive and careful as a leader in how you architect the change as opposed to just putting all your energy and trying to make a, a good decision about what to change and assume that it would all work out. Well, today, you know, I mean, one big difference is that the the leadership that is involved in change today has matured its understanding and I think the vast majority of leaders today, uh, their assumption is that for a major change anyway, that they need some type of guidance around how to deal with the human landscape, not the content of necessarily what's being changed, but how do you orchestrate the introduction of that change into a work environment that increases the likelihood that it won't just be installed, but it'll be fully realized in, in the and the intention will be accomplished. And so, <clears throat> so the, a, a huge difference, I think, is the receptivity um, within within the marketplace for what our profession has, what it's grown to be able to to provide. Um, now, that's the good news: is that I think that we have much higher uh, recognition, and 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 we've been able to generate a lot of value, I think, within the, the business community. The bad news is that um, much of the marketplace's understanding of change management has been limited to, I would see as kind of a tactical view. And so change management for, although it's widely accepted within the business community, um, it, it typically is thought of as, as, as a peripheral player, not, a, not necessarily a strategic resource. Now, there, there are plenty of exceptions to that rule, but um, what has come with wide acceptance is is it, unfortunately viewing our profession somewhat as a commodity that rather than a, a rare resource. And so there's uh, you know there's pluses and minuses to to the fact that we are as a profession much more accepted today. Um, but but the good news is that uh, we we typically aren't having to fight for relevancy, uh, what we're fighting for today is strategic impact, but it, at least there's a kind of an assumption that change management is a relevant player in, in, in helping businesses succeed. Yes, um, that perspective is, is really interesting because now that we are at the table, we need to figure out, it sounds like, how we want to be at the table. Yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, uh, you know I I guess I guess here because I I was here when the profession began to define itself and, and watched the maturation process and tried to contribute to it. Um, I think that it's that it's it's easy for me to not think about um, individual you know. Clients or consultants. I really, I really do think about the profession, and and as a profession, a concern I have is that the part of what we did during our insecure days, if you will, as a profession, is we were we were so concerned about getting to the table that we decided, you know, we've really got to make sure we come in with a lot of certification and we justify ourselves. Which, by the way, I totally support. I think I think that's exactly right. You you do need to be 
you know, to have standards and to be able to, to, to provide consistency with the value. But the, the effort to do that seems like it's almost taken over our profession. And, and uh, my fear is that we're, we've become so committed, dedicated to certification and standardization that, that as a profession we're, we're cranking out technicians more than artists. And, mm. and the technicians that are very good at tools and techniques and concepts, they're very good, um, but, but they, technicians don't provide, ma they don't provide wisdom. Um, it, takes, it takes a mastery level practitioner to provide wisdom. And, and um, uh, I, I think we need fewer mastery level practitioners than we do technicians, but my concern is that particularly for the younger people entering the field is many of them, I don't even think they're aware that there is a mastery level, or, or to say it differently, they think being at the mastery level of change management is just to have yet again another certification rather than to rather than to be more introspective about bringing not just their concepts and techniques forward but bringing who they are for and integrating that into the value that they present because that's that's what mastery level people do whatever whether it's playing tennis or are, are, are managing change at, at, the, at the upper end of the game. It's people that are integrating not only what they do, but who they are. Yes, that's, you know, that's, I think, a really important point because uh, I know you and I have had this conversation offline with how important it is to have a really solid set of tools and be not only able to apply them, but to be able to really fine-tune how you apply them. But mm -hmm. in addition to that, I, I remember you saying, okay, you've got your tool set, you're good at it, you need it, that's a requirement, but in order to make the change really transform at the table, you really have to bring yourself into it. Um, and from what I remember, that's what you were talking about in terms of the mastery component of a professional. Yeah, uh, but, but Terry, I mean, let's be honest, not, not all clients need mastery level change management. And so, so the fact that, that we have many people in our profession that are absolutely, they're doing a fine job at that technical level, that's not necessarily problematic. Uh, because I, I don't, I think that mastery level change management would be overkill for a lot of projects. Um, I mean, just let me give just one example. At that at that level of the game, the practitioner isn't just bringing concepts and frameworks. They're they're bringing, as I said, authenticity. Well, that translates into directness and explicitness, and sometimes that means uh, telling telling the person that hired you <laughs> that they're part of the problem. Uh, well, not it not. Every organization wants that from change management. Whether they're, whether they're purchasing consulting time or an employee to focus on change management, many of them, that's not what they're after. They're, they're really after very basic communication plans or training programs. And so I, I don't want to imply that there's anything wrong with the technical aspects of our profession. In, in fact, I think it's meeting a very important need. All I'm saying is that there are other organizations seeking consultants or, or internal practitioners 
and they have very different needs. They, they're, they're looking for usually more of a paradigm shift. They're looking for fundamental change. And oftentimes they're in complex systems. That's not, that need is not going to be addressed with purely tools and techniques. Um, and, um, and so it's that, it's that, that end of the, of our profession that I'm really speaking to. Because there you know, I think you need to have an integration of, of who you are with what you do. It's, um, I, I don't want to imply that those that are primarily focused in on, on tools and techniques are doing anything wrong. Because I, I think that that's absolutely, uh, perfectly legitimate and honorable work. It's just that there's, I, I would, my hope is that, that we teach young people coming into our profession that they're, there's there's a continuum here, and you can you can choose where you want to play the game, but if you aspire to strategic high impact, if you aspire to be a trusted advisor, not simply a a resource to facilitate, then it it requires work above and beyond your certifications. Does that make sense? Yes, I, that makes a lot of sense, and I think it's a very important um, perspective for, you know, folks in this industry and folks who are coming into this profession to really understand because, to be honest, you know, there, as the profession has grown, there's been a lot of different training programs, and as you said, we're now getting into the certification piece more so over the past five years, and a lot of folks are wondering, okay, what next? You know, I've got my certification, what next? So this, what you just said, I think, paints a nice, um, perspective on that continuum, and with any luck, everybody will be encouraged to continue uh, moving forward to the point in their profession where you know they find themselves offering the most value. Um, go ahead. No, no, it's not fun. Go ahead. Where, where, where should we go with this? Well, one of the things that I was um, really intrigued about was your work with Connor Advisory uh, with the NGOs, and. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about um, your vision for working with NGOs and, and the potential that change management practitioners can bring to that type of work. Uh, well, uh, as is true for I think many people in, in, our, in our profession, I, I've always uh, made sure that there was some type of pro bono work in in my professional life and and that uh, didn't always but it usually was associated with uh, with nonprofits or NGOs and so that's that's always been a a part of what I thought was important to do but a few years ago I think Terry I just began to come to grips with the reality of you know I'm 70 years old and and I've got only so many years left to practice this craft, and I just really started taking a hard look at where do I want what, whatever it is I've learned about executing change. Where do I want to invest that um, that 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 experience and that knowledge? And, and I decided that I I really want to to the extent I can, I want to contribute what I've learned to what I'm referring now to as changes that matter. Uh, a change that matters for me is is the, an endeavor, an organization that is pursuing changes that will make a, a fundamental, sustained, positive difference in, in the human experience in one way or another, 
Um, there's a lot of different ways for that to happen, but that's really what they're up to. They may, they may or may not be making a profit doing it, but, but their purpose is to enhance the, the quality of the human experience in some way, and that they are, that organization is being led by leaders that are more invested in being in service to others than they are in being in service to themselves. And so I, the combination of the nature of the endeavor and, and, and the mindset, if you will, of the leaders, I just put those two together and refer to those as changes. Those are changes that are really going to make a difference for the, the quality of life going forward. And, and that's why I wanted to invest myself. So decided that, um, uh, that I, I needed a separate organization for that. Connor Partners is 40 plus years old and, and it's doing what it does, but it doesn't have that filter. It, it's looking for clients that are serious about major change. This filter is, is looking for, yes, clients that are serious about major change that are trying to make a, a difference in the human experience. And so I, um, I approached uh, my, my friend Ed Boswell. Uh, he was getting ready to retire from, uh, from heading up the change practice at PwC and uh, just told him that what I wanted to do was to start a firm that, that focused exclusively on, on NGO work. And, um, and I was fortunate enough to, to talk him into to, to joining this effort, and, and that's what we're doing. So Connor Advisory uh, works only with, uh, with uh, it's not just NGOs, there's nonprofits too, um, uh, but primarily with the international NGOs. And so the, the Habitat for Humanities and the Doctors Without Borders and the Vision Partners, these are the, these are the organizations that we work with. And it, I, I can tell you, Terry, it's, it's immensely fulfilling to take what, what I feel like that I've learned out, out of these decades that, and the experience in those decades was helping organizations uh, change, but, but most of the time, the primary agenda was to increase profitability and, you know, uh, serve their customers as well. But, but it was it's really a, a profit-driven system, and I and I there's no cajoling about that. I you know I'm I've been I feel like it's been a real privilege to contribute to that. These organizations, though, allow me an opportunity to take the same skill. I'm doing nothing any different than I have done for years with all these other organizations, but the outcome is dramatically different. These are mission-driven organizations, and, and some of them are very large global uh, NGOs. And so to take, take the same profession but apply it in a sector that is, the sector itself is going through dramatic change. Uh, I mean, the whole the whole paradigm for how uh, NGOs are working is is having to is having to reinvent itself for a whole range of reasons, um, and they have had very little exposure to change management. So it's just a, it's an ideal, perfect, positive storm to I think to bring change management into this part of this part of organizational life that is dedicated itself to. Um, to make it a difference in, in, in people's lives. And I, I would encourage anybody in our profession to give serious consideration to, you know, to determining whatever it means to them to be, to, what is the change that matters? I, I gave you what my definition is. Um, but for them to decide what, what would be a change they would, or people or a cause they would really be invested in, 
and to provide their services that. And, and maybe it's pro bono, uh, maybe it's not. Uh, Connor Advisory is a, uh, it's, it's a business. It's not a, a philanthropic organization. We, we, we have a fee structure. Granted, it's a different fee structure than it would be in corporate America, but I would encourage any practitioner, uh, particularly Terry, those that we were talking about earlier that, that see themselves as, as skilled at what they do and prepared to bring who they are into it. Uh, the the nonprofit sector is in is in desperate need and is seeking is responsive to change management. So I, I would encourage any of the listeners to get, give some thought to how you might be able to contribute to that sector. Yes, you know it's interesting because I've I've been so in awe of that message in terms of you know really thinking about what we as change management practitioners can offer to, to that sector. And um, I think the point that you made about not only the impact that it can have and the choice that we can make to apply our skills there is uh, really important. But I think also sometimes people um, receive messages like that and say, oh, well, that means that I need to do it for free. And so when you said... No it can actually be a focus of your work and you can get paid for it, just like Connor Advisory. I think that's a really important message for people to hear. Yeah, and, and that's not to, not to detract from, from the pro bono work. I think we all should still be doing that. But, but these are business relationships. Um, it's, it's, and and the, that's, what's, that's what's so fulfilling about it. It's taking exactly what the professional change manager has always done, but, but applying it to, in our case, a paying client. Okay, paying a different fee structure, but nonetheless a paying client. And that, I honestly think, Terry, that part's important because the, 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 the organizations, at least that we want to work with, are ones that are serious about their changes. And so it, 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 it sort of sets up this decision about, you know, how are they going to use their resources? Is this change management important enough to them um, to um, to really make you know a, a financial decision as well as a, a time allocation decision. Uh, Terry, ultimately though, uh, here's the here's the push for me. Uh, I there is all kind of positives and a sense of fulfillment about doing this kind of work, and I couldn't I can't say enough about how how I think that other practitioners would really enjoy uh, investing themselves in, in organizations like this. But above and beyond what it means for us and how good it may make us feel, I think that our profession doesn't just have an opportunity in the NGO environment. I think we have a responsibility. Mm. I, I mean, look, change management is either a critically important component to to uh, to change or not. If it is a critically important component, the second question then is to me is there's either people or causes you really believe in uh, that are in the NGO department or, or, you, or there's not. So if you put those two together and and change management is is really important and I know something about that and I and there are people out there that are doing good in the world that are in need of change management, 
mean, Terry, if we walk through that as professionals, and the answer is yes to that, it's not just an opportunity. I mean, I mean, we have an obligation, I think, because not any different than then the doctors have an obligation, not just an opportunity. Yes, they're making a living, but they have an obligation to apply what they've learned in service to others. I feel the same way about our profession. This isn't just intellectually interesting. It's not just fun. It's not just a film. There is an accountability, I believe, as a profession that we have to bring forward what we've learned and, and make it available. The, the planet is in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Humanity right. hasn't always got it worked out. And, and the good news is that there are people out there, I'm not one of them, but there are people, organizations out there that feel like they've created some solutions to some of these human problems. My gift is not, I, I don't create those solutions. My gift is if I can match up with somebody that's got a, a solution for for building uh, uh, homes for the homeless or, or feeding uh, people in, in, that are, are, are providing clean water, if they have figured out what can be done and I can partner with them about how to execute it, then I, I, I don't think that's just an opportunity. I believe that's my, my responsibility. And so I, I think as a profession, we need to take ourselves more seriously and say, look, we really got something to offer and, and the planet's in need of it. And, I think we need to step up. Yeah, and that you know, I'm ready to sign up at this point. Um, it's such a motivating vision. And as you were speaking, one of the things that came to mind was, you know, over the past you know forty some odd years of our profession, you know, we, we've received call to action. But now I'm hearing from you, it's like a call to responsibility as well, yeah, right? It really is. And and. Again, any level of the profession that answers that call, I, 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 I would encourage that, whether it's at the technical level or, or the master level. But I, I'm, I want to make a particular plea, Terry, for those that see themselves as exceptionally skilled um, and, are, and are willing to incorporate their own character and presence into bring uniqueness into that skill base. That's where the greatest, that's the greatest impact you can have as a practitioner is being really good at what you do and incorporate who you are. For those that are at or aspire to be at that level of the change management game, it is particularly important. They, I believe they have a, we have a particular responsibility because we've been, we've been blessed with those two elements and, and, and I sit those are the practitioners that are going to have the greatest impact, then I think those are the ones with the greatest responsibility to, to find a change that matters, or maybe several of them, and make themselves available. Right, and that brings us to Connor Academy. And just in this interview right now, I'm kind of, you know, I think potentially getting it. You let me know what you think. But you have Connor Partners that you started, and I know it was previously um, – ODR, but you have this, right. this firm that has nailed, you know, these are the tools, these are the methodologies, and we can help you uh, execute strategy. And then as your career evolved and you started uh, getting more involved in changes that matter, you brought in Ed and you said, okay, let's form Connor Advisory and do some work in that arena. 
So, you know, I'm feeling the call to responsibility, and I really want to have this impact. And now what I think is even more interesting is after you were playing in that field, you said, okay, and now we've got to help, you know, I have a responsibility to help create the practitioners that can operate at that level. And that sounds like what your intent for Connor Academy is. Am I, am I on the right path? It is. It is. Uh, Ed and I very early on could see that the need within the NGO environment was, was massive. Not just the need, but the interest was massive, mm-hmm. far beyond what Ed and I were, were going to be able to accomplish. And, and neither of us want to, you know, we've both created firms. We, we really are not at a point in our life where we want to, you know, start some new big business. So, so we, you know, Connor Advisory is really our effort to work directly with the organizations. Well, Connor Academy is, is, its intent is to prepare change professionals to, to be able to raise their game. That's actually what we call the workshop, is raise your game. And, and the, the whole notion is that we, we, we're very careful about who we vet people before they come in, so you can't just sign up for it. And the cohorts are very small. So we're looking for people that are skilled. They, they've got the scar tissue from the experience, and they're ready to move into dealing with character and presence. What, what is at, a, at, my, at the level of my, my character, the core of who I am, in the presence that I create with that character, how I interface with my client, how do I, how do I A, be true to who I am, uh, authentically express the core of who I am uh, through my presence, and how do I find clients that are a good match for that so that I'm not just randomly bringing my uniqueness because let's face it, some, some clients aren't going to like that. Some organizations won't want to hire you. So it's, it's, it's dealing with, the academy deals with getting back in touch with who, who we really are as practitioners, how we express that through our presence with clients, and how we find clients that would resonate with who we are and, and actually employ us or hire us as consultants precisely because of not just what we do, but who we are. And, and that way we can have the maximum impact. Now, I, I, can't, I can't dictate, Terry, the people who come out of the program, I can't dictate that they work with NGOs. I can only, I can only tell them about it. I can only encourage them. Uh, many will go back and simply do a much more powerful job in the same practice they had before. But it's you know, in terms of motivation, what's, what motivates Ed and I is to, we're, we're hoping to eventually create a cadre of practitioners that are, that are, are, that are high impact, exceptionally skilled, bring themselves forward, and they match up with, with organizations that are really trying to make a difference in the world. I was just on the phone yesterday with a, a recent graduate from the program who ran the program in Australia, and she was on the phone with me walking through what she's going to do with her practice. And she's not abandoning her regular client work, but she's decided to put a significant portion of her availability into NGOs and, and charge for that, but that she, she's decided that, you know, she has, she feels that responsibility. Well, that's the sweet spot. Now, I, you know, there's, there's no way you can make people come out of a workshop that way, 
what we're helping them do is, is to raise their game to be much more effective in their work. But she she got the spark that that can also be applied to NGO work. So it was you know it was right right in the target zone as far as we're concerned. Wow, that's really that's interesting. I wonder if it's the same person I spoke with last you know a few days ago in Australia who told me about that. <laughs> but, well, I, I don't know that you know this one, so maybe okay. so, maybe not. Uh, I don't All know. right, that's great. Um, yeah. I, I must uh, also let the folks know that I just personally went through the Raise Your Game workshop last weekend, and um, it totally, you know, blew my mind. And it, what was so incredible about it was, you know, that we were taking the time to go back, rediscover, reemphasize, and figure out how to amplify who we innately are as professionals in the change management realm, in that professional uh, relationship that we're having with our clients. And um, prior to that course, you know, I spoke with a lot of experts around the world and asked them, you know, about other business issues that, that we were discussing, and this course came up, and they've all gone through it. And everyone said, you know, Terry, make sure that you are ready to sleep when you're done because you're going to have yourself, you know, going through so much learning and um, that the experience when you come out is quite, you know, quite intense and you really need to give yourself some time to process it. And I can, I can certainly attest to that. And as we kind of wrap up here and we start to look at all that you've done, Daryl, and your vision for the profession and the professionals and how – change management professionals can choose to have a maximum impact on whatever they're working on. Um, I also just really want to say that this uh, Connor Academy Raise Your Game workshop has given me a gift of actually saying, you know, take a minute, take a weekend, um, build some camaraderie with the other folks who are ready to change and optimize who they are and, you know, when we start to pull it all together, one of the things that I think is important for people to know about this course is that once the workshop's done, you're not done. So for those of you who think you can go to a, you know, two-and-a-half-day course with Daryl and Ed and raise your game and then walk out the door, maybe you can, but they've got other um, activities in place. So there's, you know, follow-up phone calls with your cohort. There's this whole cadre and community of over 300 people worldwide, you know, who have become alum uh, and uh, alumna and alumni to this uh, to this organization and this program. And so to me, and this is just me, it's almost a movement. It's a movement towards becoming the best professional in change management that you can while staying in true alignment with who you are. So. Yeah, I, I think movement is a is a good descriptor, Terry, uh, because it really all all Ed and I are doing is just trying to provide some space for people to come do this work. There's there's no nobody can provide answers to this, right? So, but what 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 was missing in our professional development opportunities was was a place to, to simply come do this kind of work, to be introspective about it. But, but what's unique, I think, is, 
yes, there is personal growth implications to what you're talking about, Terry, and I and, and I and I hope that that you will benefit from those at a personal level. But this is really pro professional development. So mm. so the the whole focus isn't just you know living a more authentic life. The, the whole focus is how how does that help me better serve my clients or my boss if I'm an inside practitioner. So it really is about professionally raising your game, not just at a personal level, even though you know, there's, there's a lot of personal, personal growth implications to it, for sure. Right. Yes. And I think, I think my cohort found that to be you know, very true. And I know we're all looking forward to our reconnection call uh, next week to see how everybody's applied what they're learning uh, has been to their work. So um, that's, a, that's a great point. So as we start to wrap up our podcast here, I just wanted to ask you, Daryl, you know, what closing comments would you like to make for our listeners? Um, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm really grateful to be practicing this craft at this time in history, and I, and I, and I hope others are as well. We, if you're, if you're drawn to change work, then we've been plopped down into exactly the point in history where, where there's a lot of it, and, and we have something to contribute. And I just would encourage us individually and, per, and as a prof, uh, uni, the unity of our profession to really take a hard look at what is our, what's our responsibility and, uh, and to look for ways that we each can can contribute. You know, what we've talked about on this call or is, is simply one way of doing it. This is my way or this is what Ed and I have created. But rather than carry any of that being somebody else's answer, that's just, what, that's just how we did it. At the core of this, it's just deciding that, you know, as professionals, we really have something to offer. And, and let's, be, let's be judicious, let's be attentive, mindful about who we provide that resource to, and um, and that's that's the message is uh, is think of yourself as a rare resource, not a commodity, and uh, and and now now ask the question, who, who am I going to provide that resource to? That's that's my my parting question to everybody. Well, thank you very much, Daryl. Um, really appreciate the time that you spent with us on this uh, interview and I'm um, really excited to get it out to the world and have your messages uh, impact the change professional community and probably others because we know podcasts aren't just for change professionals. Everyone has access to iTunes. Um, but before we go, you know, I just wanted to let folks know that the next Raise Your Game workshop is in Atlanta, Georgia on December 8th through 10th. And mm -hmm. you can find out more at ConnorAcademy.com. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to, love to chat with anybody that would like to know more about the program. And, and there's, there's descriptions at the, uh, at the website. Uh, so, uh, yeah, love to, love to provide more explanation to anybody that's interested. All right. Well, thank you very much, Daryl. Thank you, Terry. I, uh, I, I was looking forward to it and, and certainly enjoyed the dialogue. 
We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast, listening to Teresa Moulton of Change Management Review, interviewing Daryl Connor, founder and chairman of Connor Partners and founder of Connor Academy. Be sure to check out our website at changemanagementreview.com. We also invite you to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and join us on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.